Welcome to another episode of our Audacious Learning Ways podcast series with Roy and Ian. My name is Ian Tate. We're going to be with you throughout the series, and for those of you who don't know him, Roy is a Delta resident, volunteer board member of the North Delta Business Association, and former president, chief marketing officer, and entrepreneur with over 40 years of successful and unmatched executive leadership experience in every aspect of business. His latest book in the Be Different or Be Dead series is titled, The Audacious Unheard of Ways I Took a Startup to a Billion in Sales, and we've decided to use it as a guide and cornerstone of our association. In fact, if you join our association, you'll receive a free copy of Roy's book. Today's Audacious Learning Ways subject is how to create a strategic game plan for your business in just 48 hours. Good morning, Roy. Morning, Ian. Another gorgeous day where you are, I hope. Very nice. Thank you. But not sunny, just overcast. And anyway, let's not tell people about the weather. Let's get right into it. So a a strategic game plan in 48 hours. Roy, in your experiences, do most businesses have a strategy? Well, unfortunately, many don't have a formal plan for where they intend to go. I I find that uh, large organizations typically will spend more time on developing a plan than medium to small businesses. Um, because small businesses send, tend to find it difficult finding the time to create the strategy. They find it uh, too expensive. Uh, there's, they're so busy working in their business that unfortunately they're not taking the time to work on their business. And many, many uh, small business leaders don't think it's necessary. They just keep doing things the way they've always done them. And in some cases, expecting different results, which is kind of an interesting sort of paradigm to, to get to get caught in. And they are typically right. driven by tactics. Okay. And so when I find when people don't have kind of like an end game in mind that they would get by creating a strategy, they're tactically driven. Um, and tactics, you know, results in a lot of action, but sometimes masks kind of like the inherent flaws of, of those actions in terms of achieving results. Um, the other thing is that benchmarking and copying what others do in many cases informs the actions that many businesses take. So rather than creating their own journey, they copy the journey of others. And that can be really dangerous. I mean, there's certain aspects of benchmarking that work, but but creating a strategy using the tool isn't one of them. And so you simply don't mm-hmm. want to do that. And so they end up jumping on what I call the tactical bandwagon, as opposed to having a a definite strategy. Yeah, so it's let's try this, let's try this and see if we see if we get something new rather than saying is what we're doing consistent with the plan that we have in place, and hence the importance of having it. Well, just so, just um, on that, just just on yeah. that, Ian, a lot of a lot of businesses will simply say, "Well, okay, I I have this problem. Let's go look at what uh, how other people." Uh, are are dealing with the problem and let's try and copy them and when they do that they expect miraculous results uh which really never happens uh, as a, as a result they 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 burn a lot of bandwidth and don't make any any progress which is really unfortunate and that's why having a plan is most important for a business too isn't it yeah it's exceedingly important for a business to have a plan because it defines your purpose defines your destination and the key things that, that need to be done in order to reach the, the destination. I mean, if you don't know where you're going, how will you know whether or not you're being successful? 
Okay. Um, the other thing that is that a plan does, which a lot of people don't think about, is it gives you it gives you a direction in terms of how you allocate your resources. I mean, that's what plans do. A plan is supposed to allocate your scarce resources in terms of money and time into the areas that have the most payback. That's what a plan does, right? So without having that that sort of vision and and stated purpose, um, you're going to waste a lot of money chasing stuff. I call it, by the way, yummy. I mean, it, yummy mm. is a is a word that I coined that that basically defines tactics that are fun to chase. And and the one that I I, I particularly use an example is social media. I mean, social media is kind of like in vogue. It's it's sort of the flavor of the the month and the day and the moment. And everybody chases it. And when I keep asking the question, why are you doing that? And try to relate it to strategy, you get a blank look. Okay. And so you just have to, you have to start out with a strategic plank and then build everything else from it. As we said earlier, don't chase, uh, don't chase uh, tactics. The other thing is that, that um, a plan is important to avoid dysfunction. A dysfunction happens when 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 people don't have a shared goal, which a plan gives you. And so they create their own definition of what needs to be done. And so you get, mm. you know, people running in different directions, you know, interpreting what needs to be done on their own. And unfortunately, that that uh, results in dysfunction, um, lack of productivity and cost ineffectiveness. And, and and that's also applicable to any business, regardless of its size, right? We're talking, we're talking three people behind a counter or three hundred people doing some process. It's the same no matter what size of business you're in. Absolutely, it applies to a single solopreneur facing right. the same things. You need an end game. You need a strategy. You need to allocate your scarce resources of time and money. Right? You need to be innovative. Uh, and that knows no boundaries as it relates to the size of the type of business. How you're going to serve your customers. Anyway, Roy, you've written a lot about why you feel traditional planning approaches are inappropriate. Can you explain why you feel that way, please? Yeah, I, I'm afraid I, I haven't endeared myself to to many pedantics who who write textbook <laughs> approaches to strategic yeah. planning. But let me just give you... Uh, kind of like uh, the Roy's short version of why I feel there's a significant shortfall between how planning is typically done and how it should be done. First of all, it 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 takes too long. I mean, some of these plans can take months, okay, to actually create using traditional methods. Secondly, uh, they're expensive. I mean, paying thirty, forty, fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars to have a plan. Uh, created is not, you know, unusual. And so it's just no wonder why the cost factor in and of itself turns a lot of businesses away from that. Is, I can't afford it. Third point is uh, traditional approaches typically uh, are asymmetric. And by that, I mean, they spend way too much time on creating the perfect direction and very little time on execution. And so that asymmetry causes a lot of problem because you can get a great plan on paper that can't be executed, which is worthless, right? On the other hand, you can have a kind of like a medium, mediocre plan that because you've executing it uh, miraculously gets tremendous results, okay? And so typically standard, normal, if you can call them that, uh, planning processes are asymmetric, spend way too much time on the plan. 
fourth point I want is differentiation is missing in action, Ian, in most mm. traditions. Now, they will claim that that's not true, that they create universal selling propositions and they create um, declarations of competitive advantage. But when I look at them, it's all about better, best, claptrap, aspirations, narcissism, and benchmarking. There's not mm. an innovative thought around the table on this. And so uh, differentiation is missing. And as we, we've spoken on many other occasions, if you're not clear as to how you're different in a way that your target market cares about, you're not going to succeed. I mean, the genesis of be different or be dead is all about differentiation. And the ultimate consequence right. of not being different, unfortunately, is demise of your business, mm -hmm. of your career, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the fifth thing is that there is a love affair with benchmarking in traditional planning. Okay, let's let's gargle Google and go find out what everybody else is doing and let's copy them. And if we copy them, we're going to learn from them and we'll be successful. Reality is differentiation is not innovation in, in disguise. It is not. Okay, and for you to copy somebody else and expect different results to your business is is kind of like putting a lot of, of of your assets at risk and so that's a huge uh shortfall that that typically uh traditional planning approaches have innovation is missing in action under the guise okay of benchmarking and also under the guise of trend line thinking i'll call it you know what we do is is in traditional planning is to look you know we look at past performance and then we've got this linear regression formula that we apply to extrapolate into the future. And that says that's where we're going to be. Well, that's not how you can't do that. That assumes that the future is a mirror image of the past, which we all know is a silly way to think about it. As a result of trend line thinking, you have no motivation to be innovative or creative, do you? You're simply going to extrapolate. Extrapolation is not innovation. It's, it's in the same category as benchmarking. It doesn't result in anything particularly creative or new. And so traditional planning puts an awful lot of attention around trend lines. As a matter of fact, what they do is they build the modeling industry around that whole thing. I mean, models are built to predict, okay, as opposed to, and we'll talk about this later, declaring what you want and then figuring out how to get there, okay? Really simple stuff. The last point I want to make here about yeah. traditional planning is that the leader's fingerprints are missing in action. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean, there is so much power given to consultants and subject matter experts that leadership takes on the role of approval. Their contribution in terms of innovation and what the organization needs to do is minimized. Okay, and so it's their fingerprints on the plan are missing. They give approval to a plan that's created by somebody else. So they don't own it. They say they do, but they don't because they didn't create it, okay? And so therefore, hand in hand with, with lack of fingerprints from leaders goes accountability. Where's the accountability when a leader doesn't have their fingerprints on their own strategy, okay? Um, they delegate it, okay? And we all know what happens through excessive delegation. And so basically time, cost, emphasis on the plan, lack of differentiation, love affair with benchmarking, innovation that's missing, no fingerprints from the leader, no accountability. Those are the reasons why I think traditional planning approaches need to be changed.
And I like what you said about fingerprints too, because if a leader doesn't take accountability for it, the strategic planning process is an insulation factor between them and reality. And then it's one way for them to abdicate their responsibility. Oh, I, you know, it was the plan's problem, not mine. Claptrap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is claptrap. And it, and again, it it just it it just says again that people think that the, that the planning process is over once they have it on paper, and so they spend all their time getting it right, according to some pundits, on paper. When we all know that the transformation to high-performance organization is not done by the efficacy of the plan. It's done by the brilliance of execution. Nicely stated. Nicely stated. So we're on question number four, if I'm not, uh, if I'm following my game plan, my strategic game plan, right? <laughs> and the question is, what's your strategic game plan and how is it different from other methods of creating a business plan? Hold on to your seats, folks. This is going to be exciting. Well, I guess what you can do is take every shortfall that I just explained and, and my strategic game plan covers them. Quite frankly, um, it's the only one of its kind, and we're going to talk in detail about it in a few minutes. Nobody else uses uh, my strategic game planning process. But just to kind of give you a, an overview, rather than trying to get the plan perfect, right, it gets it just about right and focuses on execution. Okay. It defines the key things that you need to grow, not the possible many. Right? There's no brainstorming involved in my strategic game planning process, none whatsoever. It's to find the critical few things you need to get 80% of those results, not 100%, 80%. That's close enough. And let's do those things. Okay. Um, my process engages the leadership team. Okay. So typically, what I would do is get the leadership team of an organization together, okay, for literally 48 hours. Okay, there's no subject matter experts other than the leaders in the room. And by the way, if a leader isn't a subject matter expert, what are they doing? Okay, that's my logic. Get them in a room. That's how to get, get accountability. Um, it's team building related. I mean, you get, you know, four, five, six, seven senior leaders together and, and I put them through a process. What comes out at the end, okay, is a plan that, that has shared accountability by a team that is tighter coming out than when they went in because they've shared the pain, they've had arguments, they've done all the stuff that human beings do together when they disagree. But at the end of the day, they come up with something that is quite quite brilliant. It's fast, it's 48 hours. You can execute on the 49th, just, just give, prepare to, to, to devote two days uh, to this uh, process and you can do it. And the other thing is quite frankly, it's pretty inexpensive. I mean, it is pretty inexpensive. And the other thing is mm. it's proven. I mean, I can turn around Ian, and I can point to results. Okay, not, not academic pristineness, but actual performance results by an organization in a very compli complicated, uh, uh, competitive environment. And the other, I guess, last point is no other process promises a strategic game plan in 48 hours. Mm-hmm. Strategic game plan makes that promise, and I've never broken a promise. 
So, so we're going to go into details, but, uh, you know, on a personal level, you must have seen some amazing transformations take place in those 48 hours amongst the clients that you've had in the past. Yeah, I mean, it's really, uh, I've had people say to me, wow, I mean, I never would have imagined that we could have got all of that done. Or, my goodness, um, I feel really comfortable about that. I feel comfortable that I'm I'm part of a team that is all together mm. delivering a singular strategy. Uh, I've had people say, wow, I mean, coming in, I thought it was just another strategy building process, Roy. It's right, clearly right. not that. We've had a we've had fun. It's been productive. And and we have a roadmap that we believe in. And it's going to be an easy sell, Roy. It's going to be easy yeah. sell to my organization. And of course, the reason great. that is, it's simple. Now, people yeah. don't buy complexity. They buy simplicity. And this is simple. Right. I always like a never before have I statement. And uh, I'm sure you've heard enough of those. But anyway, um, that's uh, thanks for sharing. That's uh, that's important feedback and sort of setting a stage of uh, what the strategic game plan process can uh, can uh, achieve uh, like none other, as you say. So can you so now that we've talked about it and you've seen heard some reports about the end result, can you take us through the details of how to develop a strategic game plan? Yeah, so this may appear to be a little long-winded, but uh, it's it's important that we we break this uh, the process, uh, break it down. Fundamentally, strategic game plan is built around asking three questions. The first question is, how big do you want to be? The second question is, who do you want to serve? And the third question is, <clears throat> how do you intend to compete and win in the market? So let me just unpack each of those statements for you. The how big statement or question is all about growth goals. So where do you want to be in 24 months? Not five years, in 24 months. The problem with five-year plans, Ian, is that the fifth year never shows up. Okay, because next year it's the fourth year. And then that's a and, and of course you get the hockey stick thing is that says, well, you're giving yourself permission to do it in the fifth year. So so because the process is so execution focused, the time horizon is 24 months. And so you literally have 24 periods of 30 days. And that's how you think about your strategic game plan. And so you're just on top of results each and every day. Okay. The other thing is. It declares a revenue goal. That's the other point. It's not a net income. It's all about top line revenue. You declare how big you want to be. So if you're sitting at a million in annual sales, the question is, where do you want to be? How big do you want to be in 24 months? Do you want to be 5 million? Do you want to be a million and a half? It makes a difference because the number describes the character and the risk profile of the strategy that you're going to build. My process starts out with the number first, Ian, not the numbers last. Most mm -hmm. traditional planning methods end up creating a strategy and then they develop the economic effects of that strategy. Okay. The problem with that is in many cases, they don't like the numbers. So they change the numbers without changing the strategy, which of course is nonsensical. In this particular case, we get the kids off the street, define what you want to be. And it's literally... What do you want to be? How big do you want to be in 24 months? Because if you tell me 5 million and you're sitting at a million, that's going to be a big, big, I don't know factor in there. Okay. Because again, we're not using extrapolation. We're using discontinuity to create innovation. Right. 
So the how big is actually a tremendous driver of innovation because when people when people are asked by me, do you know how you're going to get there? If they say yes, the number isn't high enough. It, it just isn't, right? Because then again, we're, we're getting into trend line sorts of methodologies. Uh, right. If they say no, and in fact, if they start to perspire because the number's big, then I know we're on the right track. So the important thing is, okay, is to get uncomfortable about your growth goal because the more discomfort, the more innovative you have to be. And so I use it as a source to drive innovation. This isn't about, you know, gargling Google, right? This is about innovation through I don't know. So the how big question is exceedingly important, exceedingly important. And then you ask the next question, where are you going to get the money? Where am I going to get the 5 million? That leads to answering the second question, which is who do you intend to serve? So that's all about identifying the customer groups or the target market that has the latent potential to drive the revenue goal. Okay. Now this is exceedingly important work because typically you want to minimize the number of groups. It'd be, it'd be really cool to get 5 million out of one customer group, not highly likely, Mm -hmm. but it's where you start. So this isn't a mass market game. This is a, a game of segmentation down to the critical few customer groups that can give you 80% of the how big. That's what this is all about, right? Once you've identified that, the next question is, okay, what do they care about? Hmm. We now got 10 customer groups. What do each and every one of those care about? Because again, this isn't a mass market deal. The reason we need to know what they care about is to answer the next question, which is how are you going to compete and win? Which is all about creating the only statement which we've talked about many, many times. It's not about copying what others do. It's not about using claptrap expressions like better and best. It's not about being aspirational in our thinking that says we're going to compete and win by being by saving the planet. It's not about being narcissistic, which is simply an expression of what we think of ourselves because we're going to end up going out and testing it in the market. And so the how to compete and win question is all about creating an only statement based on what you know your who groups, your target customer groups, groups care about. Okay, so it just goes boom, 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 boom. Once we have that, now the other state, the other question I have, I ha- or the other issue I have to raise here, the only statement you define may not be who you are. It may be who you need to be in order to be successful. So once you understand what the uh, your customer target groups care about and you figure out what you're going to do to be unique in that respect, it may not be who you are today. And so we talked before about reframing your business. You have to reframe it to be the only one that that actually provides what, what those customers care about. So you come up with an only statement uh, that's based on what the who cares about you test it. Is it relevant? Okay. Did we get it right? Did we get the what the who group cares about? So you go ask them and you test it with frontline people to make sure that you're relevant. And then you try it because the only statement is always a draft. It never is permanent. And, and the reason for that is the world that we're in is so unpredictable and chaotic and constantly changing that nothing can stand the test of time. You always need to be prepared to change it. Uh, on the run. Okay. And so the process 
is declare your growth goals, 24-month planning horizon, identify your customer targets, determine what they care about, create an only statement by either reframing your business or using your existing competencies around being the only ones who do what the who cares about, and then you go test it. I'm going to conclude this this question by by describing a, a case study, which will may perhaps clarify it slightly for the for the listeners. Um, I did some work recently for a company who sells boats. They sell boats to boat dealers. They don't sell them to end users typically. They sell them to boat dealers. They came up with a only statement as a result of reframing their business. Okay. And the only statement they came up with is the Marine company is the only complete service partner committed to delivering solutions to grow a boat dealer's business. They started out believing that they were in the business of selling boats. We reframed their business. Okay. To being one that provides solutions to their customer groups to help them grow their business. So we completely shifted their business on, on an axis that completely changed their direction. And by the way, uh, just like, because they were the only ones doing it resulted in an incredible success. So the question then becomes, well, all right, once we got answers to all of these, these three questions, how big do you want to be? Who do you intend to serve? How do you intend to compete and win? What do you do? The strategic game plan statement, Ian, is the last, um, the last element of the process. And so using the case study about this boat, um, uh, boat uh, company, as an example, uh, here's what a strategic game plan statement could look like for them. Quote, we will grow revenues by 25% by December the 31st, 2025, by focusing our scarce resources on the top 100 boat dealers in Ontario, Canada, full stop. We will compete and win by being the only ones who offer solutions that grow the boat dealer's business. That's their strategic game plan. And so what we do with that as a result of answering those three questions. So you can see how they how the answers morph into a succinct. This isn't this isn't a game plan statement on three pages, right? Right. It's it's on three lines. And so what we do with that is we then start to say, well, all right, what are the critical objectives that we have to have to execute on in order to 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 achieve what the game game plan uh, states? And so that's it. I mean, obviously, it's it's much more convenient to actually do this uh, in a workshop environment where we can have questions and answers because it's it may seem complicated when you're listening to this, you guys, but it's not. It's really, really simple. I've done this so much and so with so many leader group, leadership groups, and they're all just simply amazed at how easy it actually is. And that must give uh, you some tremendous validation in the process you have developed, but also nice to see uh, companies who have developed their strategic game plan thinking in a new and different way and on uh, all of those things that you mentioned, especially um, how they're going to serve their customers. Yeah. It's identifying very, the group. Yeah. yeah it's it very, very gratifying. And um, 
The other part of it that we didn't really talk about is I, I make a point of following up and having quarterly reviews with the right. leadership team so that we can monitor progress to make sure that, in fact, the, the objectives that we've stated and set within the strategic game plan get, get actually done. And so there's a huge mm. element of accountability on the leadership team there, which, is, right. as, as we said earlier, doesn't exist in, in traditional planning methods. Hmm. Well, Roy, thank you for that. And folks, that's a wrap. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back again soon with another How to Be Different tip as part of our Audacious Learning Ways podcast series. In the meantime, have a great business day. Goodbye, Roy. Goodbye, Ian.